Hi, and welcome to the Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian. I'm Jonathan Messenger, and I'm here with the robot who literally stole the show from me this week, Bebop Robomogo Wanatron. That's right. And that sound you're hearing is the wind coming through the window after Jonathan so rudely broke it with a carrier pigeon during Bebop's bookshop book talk bookity book. And I only had to do that because you wouldn't let me into my own show. And so now it is your job, Bebop, to fix the window because I wouldn't have had to do it if you hadn't locked me out of the episode and then given all of those bizarre explanations for what was happening in each of the books. I live by one rule, Jonathan. You break it, you fix it. (laughs) What? You don't live by any rules, Bebop. Fine, if you're not going to fix it, I like it like this. Me too. Wind doesn't bother robots. Well, it doesn't bother podcasters either. Is that why you're wearing a windbreaker inside in the office, Jonathan? Oh, is this your new character, Bebop? First it was cowboy, then a ninja, and now it's a robot who doesn't know how to fix a window. (laughs) I know how to fix a window. I don't think you do. Oh, yeah. Watch me. There. It's all fixed. Bebop, you just made a bunch of fixing sounds and then said it's fixed, but there's still a hole in the window. Jonathan, work with me here. This is my new character, Mr. Fix-It. Okay, well, you need to fix that character and then fix the window. And in the meantime, if you, the audience, remember what happened last episode, Olivia and Proto are getting ready to line up a robot army to take down Bunce. We have our book suggestions from our listeners, so let's see what happens in the Alien Adventures of Finn Gaspian, Season 4, Episode 11, Roll Reversal. My friends, I have so many books in my system. I often cannot keep them straight, it is true. Many have thought I was unclear or unable to think straight. But books have always brought me such clarity. And never have they meant more to me than now. When we create this united front to win back the Marlowe, it is time now for a robot revolt. Protofessor held forth the first book, and the small wolf stepped forward to take it. To you, young wolf, I grant the wild robot escapes by Peter Brown. It is my hope that you will find the robot's love and courage in our fight. Proto opened the latch on the wolf's back and slid the book inside. Next up was a small, round robot that wheeled along on three legs. For you, I present the Hobbit. Because you are small, and we may need you to be sneaky. Now, go forth. Protofessor gave the next robot Artemis Fowl by Ian Colfer, and the robot after that Mary Poppins by P.L. Travers. And then came the flying robot, the one that looked like an insect. Let's see said Protofessor, scanning the titles of the books he'd pulled from the shelves. For you, 
I have something special, something that would make you a fierce warrior on the side of the good. Ah, here it is. Protofessor pulled out the fantastic Mr. Fox and held it before the insect bot. In this book, there is a character named Bunce, and the fox, he must defeat Bunce, who threatens his family. With this book, you will become a member of our robot family aboard the Marlow. Take it, and we will surely be victorious. Protofessor opened a hatch in the robot's belly and slid in the old paperback of The Fantastic Mr. Fox by Roald Dahl. Grand appreciations, Mr. Protofessor. You may have saved us all with your cunning and cool head, said Olivia. Mr. Proto? Mr. Proto? Ah, it seems he is powered down. Well, the robot battalion you have assembled here is unlike this universe has ever seen before. It will be more than enough to take down the pusillanimous bunts and that one wicked beast of his. We will do it for you, Mr. Proto. <laughs> one beast? Is that all you think I have? It was Bunce coming over the Marlowe's intercom. Did you think I only had one of my zombie wild things here? True, I removed all of the adults and left nothing but children behind, but I would not be so lazy as to bring one beast to defend my space station. That's right, my space station. Since you have somehow eluded my attention until now, despite the fact that I've access to all of these cameras, I suppose I forgot about you, didn't I? A Livia, and you've assembled a bunch of buckets with heads, and you think you're going to be able to take me down with those? <laughs> what I don't understand is why you are all resisting me so much. Sure, I sent your parents to a forsaken planet, and you're never going to see them again, but if you put that small detail aside, you will see that I have really done for you an enormous favor. You are here for the glory of a new era. When will you realize that I am not here to hurt you? I am here to lead you and make your lives full of success and power. You will never lead us. It was Genevieve Brooks. Olivia recognized her voice over the intercom. And Olivia's robot army is going to be the end of you, Bunce. They're going to stop you, and then we're going to send you to some icy planet where you'll be imprisoned for the rest of your life. Really? Those little robots are going to be the end of me, and you're going to strand me on a planet for the rest of my life? Oh, I wish I had known. I would have worn more comfortable clothes, brought some music along with me, maybe plucked a favorite book from the library. Or, wait a second... Maybe I don't need a book. Maybe I have one right here. The Marlowe Guide to Robotics. Yes, you see, I have all the reading material I've ever needed right here. And I know how the robot takes on the personality you found in the books that you hold so dear. And guess what? I've done a little engineering in my time, and I've made a few changes to how the robots work around here. The bridge was silent for a moment. None of the kids said anything, and Bunce let his words hang in the air like a fog that had descended upon the space station. 
I know you thought that wolf would take on the personality of Roz, the friendly robot. But instead, it is the villain of the wild robot escapes, the angry wolf shadow that now inhabits that robot. And I know you thought you would be getting cute little hobbit hero Bilbo Baggins. But instead, I believe you will find Boltron, the king of the trolls. <laughs> Each robot turned to Olivia, revealing itself to be a traitor, loyal to Bunce. And finally, it appears the little flying bot is not at all the hero of the fantastic Mr. Fox, but is instead the namesake of my old friend Bogus, who, by the way, we will be rescuing as part of our first mission. So you see, Olivia, it was bold and even smart of you to try to raise a robot army. All you have done is recruit them to my side! But Olivia wasn't listening. She was already running up through the stacks toward the doors at the top of the library. She couldn't escape into the hidden door of the Marlow to the room behind the room behind the room. Not while Bunce was watching her so closely. She had to find a way to lose him. While also escaping the evil robots, Bunce had turned against her. She spilled out into the hallway and listened for an approaching wild thing but there was no noise. She couldn't yet turn into her dragon form. She and Olivia had agreed they would do that as a last resort to surprise Bunce, and if she did it now, she would ruin that surprise. She dashed through the hallway, back toward the robot room. She thought that if she could block the cameras in there, it would appear as though she were hiding, and Bunce wouldn't see her get into the secret chamber at the heart of the Marlowe. Why are you still running? yelled Bunce. Don't you know by now that I've every base covered? There is no escape. Do you think those are my only robots here? I have thought of everything. And I've invited everyone to the party. Everyone except your parents, of course. Please, say hello to my old friend. Olivia rounded a bend toward the great mess hall. When the door opened, and out strode a robot with a strange, enormous hat upon its head. <laughs> you fool! It is I, Hookbot! All right, I am here with my son and editor, Young Griffin Messenger. Say hello to everybody, Griff. <laughs> hey, buddy. So, what did you think of that episode? About 50% good and 5 million percent awesome! <laughs> All right, that's great. So, um, were you surprised that Bunce had a, a trick in store? A little, although... Pretty much every time he has a trick of it in store for them. Yeah, right? So what did you think about that? Were you surprised, though, that, that the robots adopted the evil characters? Yeah. We kind of knew that that could happen, right? Hookbot, who finally entered the story but has been <laughs> my nemesis during robot roll calls in the past, finally showed up. So we knew that the bad guys could be, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've been asking for Hookbot to come come into the story for a while now. Well, I wanted him to be on an ocean planet. 
Okay. All right. Well, maybe that could appear in the future. It's going to happen, all right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sounds good. So, um, what do you think? How do you think they're going to get out of this? Mm, maybe Olivia should turn into a dragon and blast a fireball at her back. Yeah, maybe it's time for them just to abandon their human forms. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, anything else you want to talk about today? Nope. Okay, well, should we do uh, Character Club? Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's, we're just going to highlight a couple of the characters from Character Club. The first one is from Oliver, who is 7.9 years old. He's from Cambridge, England, and his idea for a character is Pixel. And it says, the history is Pixel. Pixel fell out of the computer when Pixel was only three months old. But when Pixel went back to the computer, the memory was wiped. And it says the gender is unknown and the ability is that it can change colors, but sometimes the wrong color at the wrong time. And the goal, it wants to take all the electricity in the multiverse to create a giant computer. <laughs> this little tiny Pixel is going to create a giant computer? I think he should check out Saffret's big computer. Oh, yeah, right, right, right. The big computer in the belly of Saffret. Right. Yeah. Don't give Pixel any ideas. Okay. <laughs> and then finally, we have one from Finley, who's nine, from Spokane, Washington. And this guy's name is Snow Goblin. Snow Goblin, it looks like a very angry goblin. That's funny. All right. Well, thank you to Finley for the Snow Goblin. So lots of cool characters. Thank you all so much. And how about we do some art? Okay, so I want to say thanks for the art to our pal Tom, who sent in some art. Brendan from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Eight-year-old Zoe. Kaylin, who is nine from Bellingham, Washington. Seven-year-old Story. Hello, Story. Sam, who's nine from Canada. William, who's six from Texas. Riley from Burien, Washington, who's six years old. Lupin from Dawson City up in the Yukon Territory in Canada. I think that's our first Yukon listener that I know of. Hey, Lupin. Abigail, who's seven. Sarah, who's four. And Miriam, who's four, from Riverdale, New York. Elliot, who's five, from Houston, Texas, who drew us an alien butterfly. So cool. Thank you, Elliot. Micah, who's nine, from Colorado. And Merrill, who's six, from Mount Vernon, Washington. And now on to our jokes. We have a joke. It's a great joke from Luca from Saskatoon up in Canada. A great town name, Saskatoon. Hi, my name is Luca, and I'm from Saskatoon, Canada. And here's my joke. A botanic zoo would have a book. What book would shoot him? Robots for dummies. <laughs> <laughs> and now here comes a joke from Ezra from Baltimore. Hello, I'm Ezra from Baltimore, Maryland, and I'm seven years old, and I have a joke. Knock, knock. Who's there? Interrupting Bebop. Interrupting Bebop. Bebop dance! Bebop dance! <laughs> Interrupting jokes on Bebop dance! Bebop dance! Bebop dance! <laughs> Bebop dance! Oh, wow. Bebop dance! Hey, well, he got the volume right, that's for sure. <laughs> Good job, Ezra. That was a great joke. All right, that's it for jokes. Thank you all so much for your jokes. Thank you all so much for your sounds. Thank you all so much for your characters. Thank you all so much for your art. And now, Griffin, anything else you want to talk about? No. All right. Well, thanks, everybody. Remember, 
If you're in Chicago, in the Chicago area, come see us tomorrow, Saturday, June 9th at 3.30 p.m. Go to fincastme.com slash events. Also, we're going to be up in Madison, Wisconsin. Also, we'll be in Plainfield, Illinois. And I think in July, we might be in Philadelphia. So if you're in the Philadelphia area, let me know. How do you want to say goodbye to everybody, Griff? Bye, bye, bye. New club coming out. There's a new club coming out? Book club. Book club? <laughs> all right. That's actually cool. I, I like that idea. They're all cool ideas. Okay, let's say bye before you introduce another club to the show. <laughs> bye bye! New club! <laughs> <laughs> all right, say, say bye. Bye bye bye. All right, bye bye bye, everybody. Thanks again to everybody who has sent in sounds, jokes, art, characters. Everything you've sent in has been so great and is really feeding our imaginations as we make this show. So thank you all so, so much. And remember, go to fincastme.com events if you're up in Wisconsin, if you're in the Chicago area, and hopefully maybe in Philadelphia. We're going to have live shows there relatively soon. So check it out, fincastme.com events. The Alien Adventures of Fancast is a Gen Z Kids production written and produced by Jonathan Messenger, edited and guided by Griffin Messenger, with special thanks to Maria Villanueva. Emerson Messenger is our intern. The music you hear at the beginning and end of every show is by Mark Reberg, recently voted the nicest human in the multiverse. Our show art is by Sir Ian Dingman. And for more information about everything happening with the show, check out the show notes or go to FinnCaspian.com. And if you want more cool shows like this, go to BestRobotEver.com, where you can find all of the Gen Z shows. Thank you so much, and we will see you next week. Fixy, 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 fixy. Yeah. Window fixed. It's me, Jess. This is a message for all the 6 Minutes podcast fans out there. Have you heard? There are new episodes in the 6 Minutes feed called The Ivan Dispatch. I won't go into details, but Ivan found something. A box containing audio cassettes recorded decades ago. And it looks like they were recorded by Cyrus. If you're a fan and you're not following the show, you may have missed out. Search for 6 Minutes and click the follow button so you never miss an episode. And if you haven't heard 6 Minutes yet, what are you waiting for? Search for six minutes, start a season one, episode one, and enjoy the most downloaded family audio drama in history.